Jesus is on the main line, all you got to do is tell him what you want. We want to give a shout out again to little Ricky and the mighty Golden Stars from Dennisville, South Carolina. All you need to do is tell him what you want because Jesus is still on the main line. So we are greeting you again this morning from... Uh, Piney Hill Baptist Church in Amherst, Virginia. We're coming to you again from all the wall ministries here in Alta Vista, Virginia. We're excited about today. This is Communion Sunday, and we told you earlier, prepare yourselves for Holy Communion. Get you some bread and juice, and at the end of our service, we're going to uh, do our Holy Sacrament, uh, celebrating the, the, the body and the blood of Jesus that he has made available to us. He says, as often as you do it, do this in remembrance of me. So we're thankful again for uh, you coming out to church conference yesterday. Uh, we're, we're moving forward for 2021, and we're excited about everything we're doing, and we're going to continue to uh, broadcast virtually here for the rest of the year. And, and as God will, we're going to continue to do what he, uh, he has uh, ordained us to do, is to teach and to preach. We thank you for joining us at our Sunday school hour, and we're coming to you this morning again uh, to be able to say a word to encourage us and to be able to help us to prepare ourselves for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God tells me he's coming again. Uh, he's coming again not as a lamb but as a roaring lion and we're excited about what God is doing in the body of Christ even here at Piney Hill Baptist Church on the wall ministries and he's continuously blessing us. We bless those who supported my wife yesterday. God's gifts ministries that cancer ministries had the yard sale those who came out and supported we want to thank you individually and collectively but is there a word from the Lord is there a word from the Lord yes there is we're coming to you this morning out of first John first chapter verses 4 through 10 first John the fourth chapter excuse me first chapter first chapter verses 4 through 10 our scripture read this morning and these things are Write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we said that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sin, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Oh, let the Lord say amen. Let the body of Christ say amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord and my Redeemer. Amen. Uh, this morning I'm going to talk to you about forgiveness, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a tough subject when, we are, uh, when it comes to our relationship with God, but also it's very tough. 
when it comes to our relationship with one another. And, and forgiveness seems to uh, be harder to deal with sometimes the closer the relationship is. And, and, and we can target and, and try to forget uh, those things that some uh, that has happened to us in our lives, and and we can try to lay those things aside. Uh, a lot of times, uh, when it happened to to other folk, folk outside of our relationships, uh, we 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 can do those things that can happen uh, fairly easily. But but when, when it comes to family, when it comes to relationships that we're dealing with, sometimes laying that stuff aside. Uh, uh, it, it's more involved and, 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 and it comes harder for us to be able to uh, forgive one another and it's hard to come by. You know, Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews and wherefore seeing that we should uh, come past about a, a, a great cloud of witnesses that let us lay aside every weight and, and, and sin that so easily beset us and let us run the race with patience uh, that has been set before us. See, Running this race is hard, and uh, it's hard enough, but, but when we have burdened down unforgiveness in our heart, and uh, that weight is too hard for us to run, and, and you can't run with all of that weight that's burdening you down each and every day of your life, so, so we must run, we got to learn to lay aside some stuff if you want to run uh, successfully in this Christian race that we are in, you got to learn to lay some stuff aside in your life. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings and as newborn babes you desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow therein. See, our spiritual growth it depends on us laying some stuff aside in our life by forgiving some folk and laying some stuff aside so that you can move on in your life. See, most of us try to lay aside some stuff, but many of us miss the important step in the process. See, how do we lay aside some stuff without first confessing that we got that stuff? Until we confess that we got some issues in our life, we can't lay that stuff aside. So we got to acknowledge that what we have need of laying aside before we can be able to lay this stuff aside. See, a whole lot of folk ain't got no problem. I ain't got no problem with you, brother. Have you ever had a relationship that, that got torn asunder? And the first thing we say is, well, I ain't got no problem with you, brother. You, you got a problem. Our relationship is at risk. And we got to lay some stuff aside. But if you fail to acknowledge and confess that you got a problem, it's hard for you to lay that stuff aside. So anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? When you're dealing with issues that you have in your life, you got to confess that thing and acknowledge that thing in order for you to do something about it in your life. You got to lay it aside. But in order for you to lay it aside, you got to identify the problem first. And once you identify the problem, you can be able to work on the situation to be able to help you to get through and, and to come to some uh, change in your life. You got to acknowledge that you have some issues in order for to deal with those issues to make your life more successful, to have a full life that God has for you. So this morning, I told the church yesterday, I'm going to talk to you this morning on the subject, ask.
asking for forgiveness without confession and repentance. Asking for forgiveness. I know our song that we said this morning, just tell him what you want, but you got to come to him right. You got to come to God asking you to be able to get rid of that stuff in your life in order for you to be able to have the forgiveness and the ability to move on. So asking for forgiveness without confession and repentance. Let us pray. Father God, we do thank you for this opportunity. We ask that you would touch now your dear servant, touch the awaiting congregation, those that are on the phone line, those that are in Facebook audience. We ask that you would just help us to be able to receive the word, that it might help us to be able to grow to the fullness that you have in store for us individually and collectively. Lord, we thank you. In Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You know, the message is not for the unbelievers this morning, but this message is able to, for us, shown us, those shown us Christians that have made a profession for Jesus Christ. We want to let you know that uh, we're continually uh, to struggle each and every day with the difficulties that we have in life. But so there's been some debate about whether God will forgive uh, you without any repentance. And, uh, but I'm here today to warn you for the believer that we need to be careful and uh, not be led astray without uh, realizing that when uh, unforgiveness and unrepentant heart is hard to deal with in the presence of God and when Jesus was on the cross I know he cried out father forgive them that they know not what they do but 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 it sounds like definitive that for those that don't people that don't know it, it, you got to realize God said forgive them because they don't know what they're doing but for us us showing us Christians us believers we, we, we know better. We know better than trying to fool God and tell God that I didn't know any better. God got his word there for us to be able to help us to know what's right and what's wrong. See, Paul writes to the Jewish Christians in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verses 26 and 27, for if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth that there remains no more sacrifice for sins, but a what certain fearful looking of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries you know when, when you know better God expects uh, you to have some type of fearful, sorrowful repentance when you know better. You know, we, we all got to deal with some consequences you know, when, we, when we know better, but you got to be able to come to God and, and fess up and to, help, uh, to, to come to him uh, with a whole heart and, and let him know all about the situation that you're in and, and, and know that you failed uh, living according to his word. You know, when you know better, see, you got to come to him that way. So Paul goes on in verse 31, said it's a fearful thing to come and fall into the hands of a living God. See, it's dangerous for us Christians to be playing around with God, quoting Bible verses, trying to validate our behavior when we know better. If, if, if you don't know better, it's hard for you to do better, but when you know better, God expects for us to even do better. See, knowing it defies all of your excuses. It defies all of your uh, the unwarranted behavior. You don't have an excuse for your behavior when you know better. God expects for you to do better. So if we sin, the best thing for us to do is just to fess up. God is faithful, ain't he? He said he is faithful. So let's fess up to God and say, I've done wrong. I, I know I've messed up. 
and right. God, uh, he says that what? It's a dangerous and fearful thing to come, what? Uh, fall in the hands of a, a, a living God. So we need to be careful about how we approach God when we know we've messed up without having a repentant heart and coming before him, expecting him to bless. And the song said that what? All you got to do is ask, but you need to come to God right when you ask. You can't come to God asking for his greater works in your life and the blessings into your life when you know you have unrepentant sin in your heart. You got to come to God right. And you come to God right, everything will be all right. But if you come to him wrong, God, it's a dangerous thing to come before him when you know you got that unrepentant sin in your life. So the question is, is there the possibility for the believer to ask God for forgiveness without any confession and repentance? See, there are some verses in the Gospels that may uh, confuse us if we are not uh, uh, looked at from the proper perspective. And the Bible said that in John 14, 13 and 14, Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, and that the Father may be glorified uh, in the Son. And if ye ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That that mean that if we ask God anything... Uh, Without any uh, asking for, for forgiveness and, and confession and repentance, will he give it to us? Will God give us anything if we, we, we come to him any kind of way? We need to be careful about that in our life. See, Jesus preached the theme of repentance throughout his ministry, throughout everything that he did. He preached about repentance. So if, if asking God for anything without having a repentant heart was, was able for him to do, why did God, uh, through Christ, preach so much about? But before his ascension, before his ascension in Luke 24th chapter, verses 44 through 47, he said, and he said unto them, These are the words that I speak unto you, that while I was yet with you, and all these things must be fulfilled, that they were written unto the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then open he the understanding that he might understand the scriptures, and said unto them, This is written, and thus it behooves Christ to suffer and, and, and raise from the dead. On the third day, that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning in Israel. See, the, the word of repentance was always preached. It was a call for the prophets of old. John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All repentance was things that God demanded of us to be able to come to him right. You can't come to God right with no confessing and repenting of your sin. You got to lay that stuff aside, church. You can't come to God any kind of way. Matthew 3, 1 and 2 said, In the days John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, where he said, What? Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Even in the book of Revelation, Jesus said, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. He talked to the church there. Repent. Do the first works and I will come to you quickly and remove your candlestick from his place except thou repent. So repentance is, is a requirement for us to have a rightful relationship with God. It's the essential process of forgiveness. Act, asking God for forgiveness without repentance is fruitless for you. He said that uh, uh, except you repent. Unless you repent, things are not going to be right. See, repentance is the full theme of Christ's whole ministry in his coming into the world. So it's valid then. It's very relevant to us today. It's 
believers in Jesus Christ. Those that are, are called the children of God. We got to be able to have an, a repentant heart. But in order for to have that repentant heart, you got to acknowledge some stuff. Amen. Confess some stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Uh, confession relieves you. It takes the weight off you when you confess to God your, your problems that you have in your life. And it will be able to bring you into a rightful relationship with Him. So... The question is, how, how do you break it? How do you break this thing down for us to understand it? How can I break it down? I, I, I want to give you three points. Three points to argue my case this morning. First of all, uh, forgiveness requires confession and repentance. It, it, it's a requirement. See, the, we overlooked in common Christian understanding of forgiveness is the necessity for repentance by by those that have done wrong and, and, and it's applied by Jesus in Matthew eighteen fifteen. He said, Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, go to him and tell him his fault and before thee and and and, and him alone. And, and, and if he hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. See see the result of telling uh, another person what, what they've done, uh, especially if he's a brother and a sister, that it, 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 it they might not have known that what they said offended you. They might not have that they wrong you. But if you go to him in the right way, you go to him uh, expressing that Lord, brother you have hurt me by the words that you have said. Once you express it that way, the brother finally realizes that what he said was hurtful and now he's coming to you with a repentant heart. See, it opens the door for forgiveness when they come to you in the right way. See, when that person repents, forgiveness is the next step. It's the first response of removing another's guilt. Have you ever had some things that you did in your life and only thing, once you confess that thing, it takes the weight of all of that on you that, that you've been carrying around burden. You know, have you ever had the, the guilt look on your face because you've done somebody wrong and every time you see them, that guilt look comes on your face? When you come and lay that thing out, when you confess that thing, it causes your body to make changes. Your, your body goes through a, a, a metamorphosis that the weight of that frown is not on your face anymore. It lightens up the load that you've been carrying and, and it helps you live better with that brother again. But it's a necessary condition that we can have to live in this world that we're in because it lightens the load. Amen. It's a necessary condition for, for forgiveness is that we repent that we have made some mistakes in our life. In Luke 17, 3 and 4, he said that if your brother sins, rebuke him. Uh, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and he turns seven times saying, I repent, you must what? Forgive him. See? So the condition is what? If he repents. If he confesses that his sin. See, following words, you said rebuke him. See? It's, it's equivalent to that what Matthew said. He said, show him his fault. Don't, don't rebuke him and beat him and browbeat him. What you should say, you, you show him his fault. Show him how you felt, why you was hurt, and, and how it hurts you. And once you do that, you will be able to lighten that load that you have on your life. Then we need to do that every now and then. We need to lighten the load that we have uh, in our lives by what? Uh, lighten, uh, laying aside some stuff that we have in our life. See, ha have we 
we've done this in a situation where another person had wronged us and, 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 and we were having difficulty letting that thing go in our life, letting that uh, forgiveness, uh, unforgiveness, let it go in our life? See, do we prefer to withdraw them and avoid them uh, and, and we ain't going to say nothing else, we ain't going to approach them and we ain't, we ain't going to, and when I see them, I ain't going to look at them and when I come across them, I ain't going to speak pretending that everything is all right, yeah. everything is okay now. See, the thing is, that's not forgiveness. No, it's not. That's not reconciliation. Avoiding anybody will not fix the situation that you have. Look, avoiding them might keep you from having a confrontation, but you're still going home bitter and having all that stuff waiting on you, and you're going home feeling just as bad as you did when you first met them. So you need to be able to come into that relationship, lay that stuff out so that you and, uh, and this individual can mend your ways so that both of you can go home with, with a smile on your face and feeling much better about your situation. Then, the second point is forgiveness is not forgiveness that is not forgiveness. That's what I'm trying to say. Forgiveness that is not forgiveness. All right. See, some signs that that we have not forgiven others are common experience that we have in life. See, one one sign is that we have distanced ourselves, like I told you earlier. And instead of living in harmony with one another, we just distanced ourselves from them. Uh, have you ever been there? Uh, I've been there and done that. And the reasonable thing to do is to protect ourselves by distancing ourselves from yes, further damage. Yes. You know, we want to stay away from. But the thing is, the silent treatment is far short from reconciliation. Yes, uh, you, you, you can be quiet, but the thing is, when, when, when you speak again, y'all still got the same issue. Yep. And, and so you think that if I don't say nothing, ain't nothing going on. Yeah. If you don't say nothing, some stuff's still going on. Yes, if you don't confront that situation, the problem is still there. We, we got to realize that. We, we got to deal with that situation. See, despite what we may tell ourselves that, that, that we have forgiven them and, 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 and everything is alright, but the, the ongoing fracture and the coldness that we have one another is saying that our relationship still got some issues, ain't it? It indicates that, that, that we have have not forgiven that individual. No. We said that we've forgiven them, but when we stay away from them and avoid the situation, that's not forgiveness. No. So forgiveness, that is not forgiveness. You can say it all you want, but unless you be able to confront that person and come together with some reconciliation, you have not forgiven that person. It was just words that roll off your lips, but it did nothing for the relationship. Uh, am I helping anybody this morning? Yeah. Huh? Uh, and then another sign is that we have not reached uh, forgiveness is that we continue to feel bitter. Huh? Frustrated about every time we meet them in a situation. Uh, whenever the other person comes to mind, you know, you ain't, ain't got to meet them. We get them irritated. Uh, it, oh, if the wife bring the name up. Huh? If the husband bring the name up. Uh, what you talking about them for? You know about marital issues and relationship. Uh, you know about unfaithfulness. The, the husband or the wife done repented, but when the name come up, yeah. all of a sudden, you all of a sudden get irritated, and, and you start getting on the offense and the defense, and the offense is the wrong, the person has wronged you is unresolved. The issue is unresolved, so we can carry the 
that burden around a long time and every time the name come up we get irritated and we start feeling bad of it uncomfortable every time it come up and we, we got that bitterness against that other person and, and, and really we said that we didn't let it go because we, I don't care how much you say you said that you let it go but when the world uh, when the word come up or the name come up or when that, that, that person is seen again and that thing come into your heart you have not really forgiven that person no uh, is it like turning around a a, 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 a bunch of rocks in your backpack. You know, you carry it around so long, it seemed normal. Mm -hmm. You can carry the weight of, of that bitterness around with you so much until it it feels normal. Yes, you, you, you think it's all right for you to be bitter and, and look that way and feel that way. You got to let that go. Let that stuff go, church. Yeah. You know, see, wh why do why do we not rebuke him? Show him his fault. That's all he said. Don't, 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 don't browbeat him. Just show him his fault. Go to that person. You know, maybe we want him to remain bitter. You, have you ever met somebody like that? Yeah. Huh, that want to be mad? Huh? They'd rather be mad than be right. Huh? I don't know why is it like that. Huh? They'd rather be mad than to be right. They, we, maybe we want to retaliate by, by, by cutting the other person off in a relationship or something. Or, or in some cases, uh, severe abuse, uh, confronting the wrongdoer will subject us to uh, further uh, mistreatment. Sometimes we feel that way. That if we keep trying to have a relationship, the more we're going to get hurt again. I understand that. But but sometimes uh, in an attempt to forgive without the other's repentance uh, is not a forgiveness. You know, and we pay the price for that bitterness that and that loss of harmony that we have uh, with others. But the greatest loss is when bitterness comes into our hearts that we have a lack of harmony with ourselves. When you don't have harmony with yourself, it's hard to wake up every morning just bitter. And I ask you, what's your problem? I don't know what the problem is. I just feel this way. I don't know what to do about it. You need to just let go and let God come into the situation so he can fix that thing in your life. See, moreover, the wounds were sustained from that person that will continue to frustrate you if you try to interact with them, but if you don't interact with them, you got to bear the weight of that for the rest of your life. Wounds untreated. And listen to me, church. Wounds untreated will get worse, just like festering. My mother said, if you cut your hand, it's going to fester. The, if you don't deal with the issue while it's small, it's going to become bigger. Now the next thing, you got a generational curse on your children. All of a sudden, my, your children hate folk because you hate folk. And, and they don't realize why they hate folk, but they did something to my uncle uh, Henry 15 years ago. And they never did nothing to you. Now you turn the weight of that hatred and bitterness in your heart because of the fact that you just can't let stuff go. Glory. Hallelujah. You said you forgave them. Hallelujah. But every time you go home around your children, you're talking about it. Hallelujah. You said you let it go. Yeah. But how do your children know about it? Mm -hmm. Huh? You didn't let it go. Your children know more about why you don't like that individual and they ain't never even met him yet. Because you said that you forgave them, but you did not let it go. Yeah, you said. See, forgiveness is not forgiveness. Amen. If you don't learn to let that stuff go. Mm -hmm. Then point three is God 
Forgiveness requires confession and repentance. Mm -hmm. See, I stated earlier that forgiving another person has not repented may be something that God has not called us to do mm -hmm. and may actually be impossible. But God forgive people who have not but does God forgive people who have not repented? Mm. Huh? That's a question, ain't it? Mm -hmm. The biblical pattern is first what? Repentance, then what? Forgiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, consider the two examples. Uh, we always quote in Second Chronicles seven fourteen: If my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves, uh, pray and seek my faith, then what? Turn from that wicked ways that they'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive that sin and heal the land. Yes. So Solomon gives us the process, ain't it? There is a process by which we shall come to God asking for uh, forgiveness. Amen. He said, the, the steps are all laid out, ain't it? He laid out, he said, step one, what? Get your head out of the way. And humble yourself. See, most of the time we can't have, we we can't come to God and ask for forgiveness, or we can't come to another individual and ask for forgiveness because we big headed. Huh? Get your head out of the way and humble yourself. Then step two is what? Pray and seek God's face. Yeah. Step three says what? Turn or repent from your wicked ways. Step four says what? God hears our prayer of repentance. He forgives our sin, and then the healing process begins, ain't it? Uh, these steps as believers, especially my people, ain't it? As believers, uh, God gave us the process to follow to get true of forgiveness in our life, but confession and repentance is a necessary part of the process. These are vital steps that we must take in order for to get this thing fully out of our life. So confession and repentance, especially to a believer, it's a must. We got to come to God right. David sinned against God, but David was a man after God's own heart, not because that he did things right. It's because that when David sinned, he came before God, humble and the repentant heart, and asked God for forgiveness. You got to come and confess your sin, and then you ask God to be able to create in me a clean heart, renew the right spirit that is in me. Yes. So why are all of our lives so messed up? Mm, why, preacher? Why is it that our lives are all jacked up? Mm -hmm. John answers the question. In our text today, he said, All these things are right unto you, that your joy may be full. Uh, then, this is the message that we have heard and declare unto you, that God is what? Light. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not what? Do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, if he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. One another. Amen. Uh, and the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Huh? That's First John 1. First John 1, 4 and 10. First John 1, 4 and 10. See, it's God's desire that we are enjoying life to its fullest. Huh? 
We need to enjoy life to its fullest. And, and, uh, but in order for to have life in the proper perspective, we, we got to see ourselves in the proper light. Uh, Paul writes and says, For all have sinned and come short of the Lord. See, acknowledging the fact that we have sinned helped us to understand our need for repentance. You know, our, our president, our President Trump, I know he's in the hospital right now, but this is what he said. He, he, he said that I've got, I got great relationship with God and, and I have great relationship with the evangelist. Because I, I like to be good. I, I, I like to have. I, I, I don't like to, to to have to ask for forgiveness. I, 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 and I'm good. And I, and I don't uh, do a lot of things that are bad. And I, I try. I try to do nothing that's bad. And and, and I'm I'm and I'm not sure that I have. But I, I just go and I try to do better job the next time. And I, I don't think so. And I think that I, I do something wrong. I think I just try to make it right. I, I, I don't bring God into the picture. I, I don't. And, and, and now this is not being honest with ourselves or just in the mind of an unbeliever. I, I'm not sure, but uh, if we be honest with ourselves, we confess our sins and, and we need to repent and ask God, doing better ain't going to fix the problem. Trying to do better ain't going to fix the problem. If we have confessed, uh, if we would only confess our sins, God will able to hear our request and grant us our, and we're going around and say that I ain't going to put God in the equation ain't gonna fix your problem. Doing better ain't gonna work. And you try to live full life, our perspective has to be our sinfulness and our need for repentance to be provided by the blood of Jesus shed on Calvary's cross. John said that we deceive ourselves and the truth ain't in us. See, we've messed up because of our refusal to admit and to repent through the grace of God offered through Jesus Christ for our sin. Asking for, for forgiveness without repenting, and it ain't working. Come on now. But not thinking you need to ask for forgiveness is worse. Sure enough. Can you imagine an individual say that he don't ask God for forgiveness? Come on, preacher. Huh? That, that's dangerous. Yes, Then, example two, John says that if we confess our sins and, and he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us for our unrighteousness, the only way that we can be cleansed from our sins is by confession. Our open confession is good for the soul. That's an old parody, ain't it? This old Scottish proverb. See, what can more be more burden lifting than when you let some stuff go. Confess that stuff in your life. It clears your conscience of all of that stuff that's going around in your head. A lot of stuff we expose those hidden things to reveal the need for a savior when we confess that stuff in our life. See our relation with God is restored once we come into confession and ask for his forgiveness in our life. James said Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be what healed and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avail as much. See, confession and repentance will heal the wounds that we once thought that would never be healed in our life. See, that's liberating. It's a liberating feeling that confession brings and repentance will bring in your life. It's unexplainable. You can't express how good you feel when you let some stuff go. When you come and lay it down and talk about it for a while. Confession and repentance give you another chance. Amen. 
And then verses 19 and 20, James said, Brethren, if you do err from your truth and, and you convert him, let him know yes. that he may be what? Converted the sinner from an error of his way and save a soul from death and it shall hide a multitude of sin. Uh, didn't I tell you that it's good for your soul? When you let that stuff go, when you repent and confess your sins and your faults that you have done to one another, it frees you away from some stuff. Then finally, the claim that forgiveness requires repentance, it fits the biblical idea of salvation. It requires us. God's forgiveness is available for anyone that appeals to his mercy. And forgiveness must be acknowledged huh? and desired and accepted for a sinner to be forgiven by God. See, not all people are included in salvation since not all people are not willing to repent. We talk about universalism. Universalism that comes around that, that everybody forgives because Christ died on the cross. But he said if you confess your sin, uh, you're faithful to forgive your sin and cleanse you. But you got to come to God with confession. Then if you respond to God by readiness to forgive others, you got to come to God with a, a, a readiness to forgive others. He said that if we are forgiven by God, we got to forgive other folk. Amen. Uh, we got to show them their faults and let them know that they've wronged us. And, and the relationship will never get to where it should be unless we do that. And you got to get some stuff off your chest. You can't be walking around with that. Let's be real. See, uh, repentance is a precondition for forgiveness. It shows that all the way through the Bible, everything we read leads us into that way. You know, my wife told me, one of her buddies, uh, we, we, we talked about that a while back. She told me one of her buddies was trying to get fresh with her. And, uh, and, I, and I said, oh, that's him. And that ain't like him. And, and we kept talking about it. Then all of a sudden, one day, uh, we, we walked in, and all of a sudden, he was saying some things. That I, my wife said, see that? See, that? See, see, sometimes we think people won't hurt us. And, and, and until every, uh, he denied it every time we talked about it. But un, until the relationship gets to the point where you confess that thing and admit that thing, you know, uh, you, you, you'll, you'll be walking around. That relationship was always hurt. Yeah. You tell the truth. Yeah. We, we ended our relationship with those individuals because of the fact that it, it, he said, do it to me once. It's on me. But if you uh -huh. do it to him twice, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. do it to me once. It's on you. But if you do it to twice, it's on me. So you got to deal with that relationship. If you can't mend your ways, you got to be able to separate and get away from that. I had to live in harmony with myself, with my wife and my family. But you can't live in harmony with people that will not confess. And they denial everything that you try to bring up. You, you, they mistreat you. They deny it. But you got to have some way of reconciling that relationship. But in denial situations, you cannot reconcile. So you just have to do the best thing and maybe move on in your life. So if we close this morning, i got to get out of here. Uh, confession and repentance is important for us to move forward in our relationship as believers in Jesus Christ. We have to have a relationship with God, but we got to have a relationship with one another. See, asking for forgiveness without confession and repentance doesn't go very far. Uh, once the trust is broken, something must restore that trust. Uh, once you tr I know that if I can't trust you, it's hard to do that and get that relationship back to where it should be without something to be able to bind that relationship back again. Uh -huh. And that's what confession and repentance. 
And once you confess that repentance, you should be able to forgive that person. The Bible says seven times, seven times 70. We got to have a forgiving heart to be able to come and have that relationship. I know stuff happens in life. Until we learn to confess our faults and repent of them, we cannot move forward. Every weight. Paul said lay aside every weight. You cannot lay aside that weight until you have a repentant heart. See what I've learned in these 71 years, almost 71 years coming in January that things come and things go. Yeah. But also things come but things will never go unless you learn to confess and repent those things so that God can do the work in you. you. I love those songs by Dwayne Woods, he said that uh, there's so much going on and sometimes I can't find my way. And oftentimes I struggle from day to day. Mm -hmm. Then I have realized that it's not my battle to fight. I have known that if I put my head in my hands that that everything will be all right. But as soon as I stop worrying, this is how the story ends. I let go and I let God have his way. Then when things start happening, I stop looking back. Then I let go and I let God have his way. See, confession and repentance allows you to let go and let God have his way. Let, 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 let go of these things that have in your life, uh, the past and the problems and the headaches and all of the pain and the misery, all of the confusion and all of the hurt. Let, let, let God come in and make things all right in your life. But this allows you and the ones that you've wronged to move on in your relationship. Allowing forgiveness without first coming in and laying aside some stuff and confessing some stuff and repenting of some stuff is fruitless. But you got to be able to come to God and ask God to give me the strength so that I can let go so I can let God come in my life and have his way. God is waiting for you to come in to, to him and confess all your sins and lay that stuff on the line. See, the shame of confession and repentance have caused so many to not to be able to live the full life that God has bestowed upon us to do. So let go and let God have his way. Let go of all of that stuff. Come to God, confessing all of your sins. And once you confess your sins, God will be able to allow you to live the full life. So let go and let God have his way. God bless you today. Hopefully we've said some things to encourage us. Let us live the full life that God has in store for us. And to have a full relationship one with another. We got to be able to come in and confess our sins. Repent of our sins. Show others their faults. Bring that relation back so that we can be able to have the church. To have the family of God that he desires us to be. God bless you today. May heaven have a smile upon you. Uh, let us uh, read ourselves for Holy Communion. Uh, we open up the doors of the church. If you don't know Jesus Christ is a personal Savior, He says that come. He says that come in and I'll sup with you and He with me. And once you come in and come in, oh God, He says that because of that lack of laying down all of your sins, He said many die and sickly are among you. But if you would only confess your sin, once you come to God, taking up the body and the blood of God, He'll be able to heal you of all of your sin and cleanse you from your unrighteousness. So we invite you to get to know Jesus today. Come one, come all. God bless you and may heaven have a smile upon you. Uh, we're going to read in there for Holy Communion as we come in. The, 
the word of God gives us. He says that five eighty one. He says that for if I received the Lord which I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus Christ the same night which he betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, which he supped, and said, The cup of the New Testament is my blood. This do ye as often as you do it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show forth the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. Let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that then drank it unworthily, he that drank it damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. For if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we shall not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come together not into condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. So let us come together at your homes, if you prepare for your Holy Communion, if you have your bread and your wine, let us prepare now to be able to take of the body and the blood of Jesus. He said the bread represents his body that was shared on Calvary's cross for our sin. Let us take, eat together. He said the wine represents his shed blood on Calvary. So let us now drink together. They said that they, after they ate of the bread and they drank of the cup, they said that they sung a hymn and they went out into the Mount of Olives. We don't have the Mount of Olives, but we do have the hedges and the highways of the world. So let us go out into the world and let us know about the saving blood of Jesus. For me,
again for this day. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us again this way. We thank you for the word. We pray, Lord, that you would just give us a, a, a repentant heart. Let us confess our sins one to another and to you, God, that you said that if we would confess our sin, you would be faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. So we're thanking you today, Lord. You. We ask that you would just bless the awaiting congregation that out in Facebook world, those on our conference line, speak healing over every situation in their lives. Oh, we need you right now. We ask you to bless from the White House all the way to the church house. Bless our governor's family and the president's family as they struggle with the coronavirus. We, Lord, that we know that you got the power to heal. But first of all, before you heal our bodies, let's heal our hearts that we might have a right relationship with you and with one another. Just go with us and stand by us and we'll surely give your name all praise, glory, and honor. This is our prayer in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. May heaven have a smile upon you. We thank you again for coming again, being with us this day, and we'll continue to pray that the body of Christ will continue to grow. God bless you, and may heaven have a smile upon you. We fire, we love. It can't happen. It's okay. It can't happen.